Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Everyone deserves a chance in the driver's seat. For GM and Revolt, that means leading the way on the road to an all-electric future and envisioning a world with zero crashes, zero tailpipe emissions, and zero congestion. GM's committed to making EVs accessible for everybody. That means you too. So what are you waiting for? GM's got the keys. You grab the wheel. Learn more about an all-electric future and the 000 initiative at GM.com. GM, everybody in. What's good, everybody? This is Vince, and you know when you hear my voice up front, I've got something special. You heard on the last episode that we've already joined the Revolt Network. Welcome to all the new Revolt listeners. But this episode, this episode, I'm so fucking excited for. We're going all the way back to where we started. Our first episode on Wild Black was about knowing and understanding your rights, and we're going back to that space. We've got Mac, who has become a regular on this show. Mac's breaking down the rights that you have in scenarios and situations so you walk away with a clear understanding of what to do and what not to do. By the way, two-part episode. He gave that much golden information that we had to make it a two-parter. So jump into part one here. The second thing I want to tell you is that as you're listening make sure you go and join our Patreon account, patreon.com slash wildblack. Why? Because there, Max given even more information. After our episode, we hopped in a joint, we went out to a gun range, and Mac with a whole bunch of other dope, high-end, professional gun-type cats taught me all type of shit. I got it all on video, and I'm bringing it back to you. We're talking gun safety. I got a dope-ass interview with black women on the range talking about their role and what they see. All in all, dope shit. Join our Patreon, support the community, partner with us. We got a bunch of benefits. Patreon.com slash wildblack. And now, check out this dope-ass episode with Mac talking about our rights. You're going to love it. Peace. If I'm driving and we get stopped by the police, everybody has a job. Okay? One person... It's going to be on the phone with 911. One person is recording with their phone. The other person is recording as a backup. That's the first thing. I'm going to roll down the windows, all of them. I'm going to turn off the radio. I'm going to turn my vehicle off. I'm going to put my hands and turn on the interior light. Everybody put their hand. I'm going to put my hands on the steering wheel. You all put your hands on the back of the seat where they can be seen. And my wife, you put your hands on the dashboard. That's where we're going to start. Why, Sean? Why would we do that, man? Well, listen, that's what I would appreciate when I was working. And that was my practice when I was working. In uniform, not in uniform. I'm driving home. I drive fast. I got pulled over. That's what the officer was going to come up to my car and say, whether I was in uniform or not. Why, Sean? Well, because what I am trying to do is survive this encounter. Amen. Right? Remove the idea of a threat. Absolutely. 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 Welcome to Wow Black. 
a seriously opinionated podcast, bringing you the real and raw on anything happening while Black. If Black culture's there, we're there. If you're pissed or empowered, then let's talk about it. Ride with us on this all-Black everything. Everybody, welcome back to Wild Black. Welcome back, people. Family, look, this is, um for us, this is an important episode. I know I say it a lot. I mean it a lot. This one more than most. If you go back to the origin of Wild Black, like its very formation was built on an idea in my head that lived in an episode that prepared us to interact with police and survive. Mm. It was our very first episode. As a matter of fact, the first time Art and I sat down behind a microphone to interview someone was the very first time that we recorded this podcast, and we recorded it for you. You can go back and hear our very first attempt. It worked. It was a lot of editing, but it worked. <laughs> but the premise of that podcast remains the same. We want to bring you the information that's going to help you survive and thrive. And it's been on my heart quite a lot lately to go back and delve into the topic of knowing your rights and surviving our engagements with the police. Now, this is kind of a full circle moment because not only was this the idea and the kickoff episode for Wild Black, but with this episode, we are formally and officially on Diddy's, Sean P. Diddy Combs' revolt. And our first episode there will mirror our first episode ever three years ago. We're going back into our rights. We're going to ground you again in what to do, what not to do, and how to prepare yourself to manage interactions with the police. And we've got a hell of a guest. He's been here a couple of times, but I'm not going to introduce to it just yet. I want to take a second and talk about that first episode. Eklund Mercy came and sat down with us and didn't know who we were. The world didn't know who we were. We didn't have the thousands and millions of listens that we do today. She took a chance on us. Revolt's taking a chance on us. And each of you took a chance on us. And we appreciate that. Ek is not with us today. And I want to send some thoughts and prayers her way. She recently lost her father, and I've lost my father too, so I know what that pain feels like. So she's here in spirit. We definitely appreciate her. But our guest today, who has been here a couple times before, was actually introduced to us through Eklund. So she's here in spirit. But without further delay, I want to introduce you to Sean Mack McCullers. And I say his name carefully because this brother comes with some information. He lays it down. And every time he's here, we get feedback that says, bring him back again. That was clear. That made sense. That brother sounded like my family. He sounded like he knows what's going on, and he does. To remind you, he comes from a family of law enforcement. He went into law enforcement himself, a federal agent, Border Patrol. And then he moved from that side of the law to the civil rights attorney side of the law. What's even more important is he's been a black man his entire life, a dark skinned relatively large black man, and he knows the pressures that we operate with every single day, and he knows the law from every single angle. That makes him the perfect person to walk you through this topic. With that, Mac, brother, welcome back again to Wild Black. You, what up? Appreciate you. Appreciate the invite. Yeah, yeah. I'm cheesing. If everybody can't tell, I got a big <laughs> smile on my face because I always love being in a room with these two brothers. Uh, and act, you know, we sending you mad love. Nothing but love. You know, yeah. salute to Mr. Mercy. Um, he definitely birthed the genius. That's a Ek- show enough truth. Eklund is a genius. Show enough. Um, and a sister with a heart for her people like nobody else. 
And she, that's she just, came and answered the call when she didn't know who was calling, brother. Listen, she <laughs> will go above and beyond if she believes that one, one person mm-hmm. can be helped by the information that she possesses. Yep, and that's, that's a rarity in this world. That's it's real. a rarity. She is a true gem. That's All real. jokes aside, no, no, no put nothing on it, no cat. Eck mercy. Oh, mercy, mercy me. Eck <laughs> <laughs> is a beast, bro. Yeah. She's a beast. But uh, listen, I'm glad to be back, party people, black people, uh, those of us who aren't black that listen to this podcast, because I know it appeals to everybody. Wide spectrum. Um, My name is Sean McCullers. I am a former U.S. Border Patrol agent and also U.S. former federal air marshal, retired law enforcement guy, went to study law, fam, you. Fam, HBCU, you know, (laughs) and uh, ultimately, due to familial circumstances, came back to Atlanta uh, amidst a divorce and ended up finishing up at Emory Law. So I'll give a shout out to all my Emory Law cats, all my classmates and all my professors, Judge Lindsey Jones, my mentor, my friend. And, you know, the eternal shout out goes to my grandfather, Elisha McCullers, and my aunt, Michelle Proctor. Who were both Philadelphia police officers Mm. and saw from a very early age, age three, my grandfather gave me a summer police hat, man, turned me out. I wanted (laughs) to be a police officer ever since I was three years old. And glory be to God, glory be to the man upstairs that, you know, I'm one of the the few people that I know that have lived my dreams. I wanted to be a a police officer. I've lived that on on a higher level than I had known. Right on a federal level, as opposed to on a city level, which no diminution to the city right. police, but in our family, it was a it was an upgrade. It was a step up, yeah, uh, further into this thing, and I had all the love and support I needed, which made me very fortunate. It also helped me avoid a lot of the pitfalls yeah. that a lot of young police officers fall into, because that badge is power. Yeah, it will yeah. change you if you allow it to. And that, for me, was my greatest saving grace. I had two angels on my shoulder that taught me, listen, as soon as I got my call, got my letter, they both called me to their house that same day, immediately, in the words of my man, Birdie, back. Let me get you right. Immediately. (laughs) I walked in. My grandfather was sitting in his chair, and he was an old school player. My grandfather, he he worked overnight, so he had a game plan. He recorded the games on VCR back then. Celebrate 50 years of the Timberland original yellow boot and the culture that made it an icon. The Timberland Hip Hop Royalty Boot remixes the classic in a glorious purple waterproof leather with premium crafted details inspired by the four pillars of hip hop DJing, graffiti, MCing, and breakdancing. Get yours in select stores or at Timberland.com. Available in men's, women's, and youth sizes. Timberland, built for the bold. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. He had his, <laughs> his, his headphones. They were wireless at the time. I don't know how he pulled that off. He was some, that was some high tech ahead yes, of the time. Yes, sir. Then. Yes, sir. Put them joints on that little stand. Sit down. They told me rap with you right Yes, quick. sir. Sat down. He said, listen, 
you're going to have a lot of power. Remember to treat people the way you want to be treated. Yeah. You know what I mean? Then he talked to me about being proud of me, about how I was taking things to the next level yeah. and the responsibility that I had and so on and so forth. And subsequently, my aunt was working that day. Hey, when you get up, when I get off, Come be at my house. Yes, man. So she sat me down and said, listen, before we talk about anything else, you're going to have a lot of power. Remember to treat people the way you want to be treated. And that was a priority right? conversation. Priority. Yeah, yeah. I, and I'm sure they didn't huddle up. Yeah. That was just their nature. You know what I'm saying? Very, very much focused on doing the job and doing the work. Yeah. When you build but, right, you build right. Yes, but understanding that within that community, the power that they possess to affect people's lives. Even today, I hear stories about, you know, how my grandfather, you know, mediated different events that would happen in the neighborhood. And people were grateful to him because he chose to mediate it in that way. Yeah. But he was also no nonsense. Yeah. And if you, when you get to meet my aunt eventually, yeah, the she ain't some play. She don't play no games. No games. And she is a <laughs> consummate lady. Right. Right. Hair is always done. Always well-dressed, immaculately dressed. But the same serious time. police officer. I got so you. I was I had a lot of advantages, I believe, going into police work. Right. Where I wasn't, as much as I love the job, I told you I have a love-hate relationship with the institution of policing. Right. Right? Because I believe it's a needed institution. Right. But I recognize that it's been bastardized. Right. And it's been weaponized against the people that look like me. Right? Particularly that look like me. Yeah. Big black guys. Yeah. Right? This skin. It's a room full of them That's right now. That's right. Yeah. This skin. But there's so much power in this skin. You can walk into a room and captivate all the attention. You got a global society that is geared towards your defeat before they even meet you, mm. right? In their systems and institutions. Then it can't be ignored. It can't ever be taken out of the conversation. Then you get, well, you know, when are you going to get over it? Well, you're not over my skin yet, right? So when are we going to have an open and frank conversation <laughs> about what this skin does to right. you, right? Because at the end of the day, we're not bringing an issue to you. That's right. We exist in the problem that you've created. That's it. The social constructs, social institutions that you've created and weaponized against us. So you fought me for fighting? Mm. I mm. should just give it up easy? Mm. <laughs> Revolt. Y'all Y'all are new to this. You're going to have to get rid of this. This, <laughs> this brother comes with it every... Heat, I, I forget the host. I just start listening. listening. Yeah. Right. That's the beauty of our conversations, baby. It's, uh. The heat come through. Don't it? We've been on five minutes and he already hitting the wind. Yes. Dang, <laughs> Look, that, that just makes me think. I, I want to I wanna take a second and, and, and give a shout out to my Uncle Email, Uncle Kenny, Chicago City Policeman and Cook County Sheriff. And a special shout out to Little Email who just graduated the academy. Salute. And and remember, what, what's, what's the, what's the, what did your aunt tell you? What did your, your grandfather tell you? What was the words? Listen, you're going to have a lot of power. Remember to treat people the way you want to be treated. All right. Little email. Looking at you. Looking at your family. All right. All right. Let's get into that wild black shit, bro. Oh, let's get it. Let's get it. All right. Mac, you, 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 are, you are OG on wild black. So, so our question is going to be a little, a tad bit different today. Bro, he Fair was here enough. like three years ago for the yeah. first time. This yes. is the yes. third or fourth. Yes. Time has flown, yes. bro. Do it feel like that flown. long, it, do it? It does not. Yeah. All right. 
First question. You know we got three of them. Last one's going to be the signature one, but... Cool. First one. Your hip-hop game is strong. So this question is... A lot of people, they're like, okay, well, let me... You know, give me your top five... Um, you got your evil Jay-Z, villain face on right, right? now. Right. Oz, Biggie, all that, and right? And the way the light hit that right. right. <laughs> he in full villain mode. Yeah. I'm, this, I'm like, all right, hit this me one, with it. This, this going to be a good one, though. This this, this is a good one, in, in my opinion, because I love hip-hop, too. Done, done. I'm going to give you five artists. Okay. Tell me your top one and why. Oh, just one? Just one. Not even, we ain't even going to listen. <laughs> it, it's going to be one. Most deaf. KRS-One. It's already tough. Rakim. Common. And Talib Kweli. And everybody's saying Bruh. something. I yes. was trying to tell you. So, the most slept upon in that group is Talib Kweli. Yes. That's the, yes. That's the most slept upon. Yes. Listen. That's the most slept upon. <laughs> yes. Out of the five. Mm-hmm. That's a hard five. Yeah. To delineate one. Mm-hmm. That's a hard five. Very hard five. Most deaf has got to be the most intellectual in his hip hop. Absolutely. I agree. I agree again. 100%. Right? Yep. Give them to me again. Most deaf, KRS One, Rakim, Common, and Talib Kweli. So, Rakim going to be my choice. Right? I'm going to tell you my why. Man. Okay. I'm going to tell you why. His flow is, is impeccable. Mm-hmm. His ability to drop jewels in the midst of an evil flow yeah. is, is, man, it just take you somewhere different, bro. Mm-hmm. It just take you somewhere different. Everybody else, you know, they, they, they rolling on the track yeah. and, and you feeling them because they getting deep. They giving you similes and metaphors. And, but raw similes and metaphors didn't come out as similes and metaphors. You had to really listen to what he was saying a few to times. understand the comparison he was making mm-hmm. to bring you to a certain point. Yeah. That was the genius of Rakim, or is the genius of Rakim. Yeah. So, yeah. it's Ra. Mm. I'm with you on that, bro. Yeah. I, 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 Rakim yeah. is, is, is yeah. my man. Oh, oh That's a good one. It ain't nothing you could play of his that ain't going... Move the crowd. You right. Did. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, right, I feel you right. All right, second question. It's gonna go with the first question. Okay. But if you could, if you, if you could make a hip hop album right now, mm-hmm. who would be the five artists you would put on the album? Hip hop. Oh, album That's song. That he put hip hop whole album. Right. That's easy. Yeah. Okay. It's easy. You gotta go with rock. You gonna have some rock him on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going, it's going to mess you up. It's not going to really mess you up. You got to have some Pac on there. Okay. You got to have some Big. Right? Those are the givens in hip-hop. Yeah. Right? You know Jay got to get a spot. Got to. Because whatever you say, you can. Now, Now the, the last spot. I'm real interested in this. The last, last spot, I got to get a Jay to kiss. What? Wow, I didn't see Jada that one. Jadakiss. Jadakiss is wicked. Jadakiss, what? Man. Well, wait, wait a minute. Wait wow. a minute. Wait a minute. Jadakiss can't really ease out my man, though. And hip hop folks, you real hip hop here. You, you, you might. We might have a, a spirited debate on it, but 
Jada Kiss even had to step aside to my man Beanie Siegel. Beanie, what? Beanie, Beanie is a lyricist. He, he, he is a lyricist. Wow. A lyricist. He eat him up. Mm. Philly Bull, true to... Listen, yeah. like, you heard the interview he did on uh, Drink Club? Drink Champs? No, 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 I ain't heard Bro, that. if y'all get a minute, man, it. it's, it's a couple hours long. Y'all should check that out. You going on vacation? It's one of the best interviews I've ever watched, bro. Right, what? Benny Siegel? Him and, I got, I got him and Nori. Time, Dominican yeah, all him and Nori, they, they laid down some stuff. And, and he keep... What I love also about Beans is he a real cat. Yeah. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And, y'all and he that. said it. He said, look, I'm the perfect example of when keeping it real go wrong. Mm. Cool, yeah. cool, cool, cool. Well, man, that, I, that, is, that is an undisputed list right there. I, I, would, I could go with that. Final question. Mm-hmm. Our signature question. Of course. What do you love most about life while black? The power in this skin, bro. Yeah. I was the waiting power for you. in this skin. Yeah. I I, I, there is, it is undeniable. Yep. When, when we put it in context, right, there is no other answer that really gets to the meat. Right? Matter of fact, get past the meat to the bone. This whole global society, people that know nothing of our culture, they try to dress like us. The women getting cut, snipped, stuffed, poked, injected to look like the lowliest of our women. Right? At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting Black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. But at the same time, they tell you you ain't shit. Well, how can I not be shit if everything you do is to look like me? You cooking yourself in the sun and your skin's still terrible? You know what I'm saying? You, you, you... Oh, you all speak. You're, you're so ignorant. Oh, are we? But your kids talk like us. <laughs> and, and you don't correct little Bobby and Joey. Because why? Why wouldn't you correct that if, if we so bad? We terrible people. Right? So the power in the skin, it changes. Wars have been fought over people trying to possess us. And while we look at it, we say, oh, it's a horrible history. No, we have a shining history because everything that they threw at us, everything that they tried to do to us, the constant barrage. If you sit back and think about the fact that since you were born into this world, everything was against you. Every system was designed against you. Every organization, for the most part, was designed against you. Every big piece of manufactured Information from the government was propaganda against you. They organized police forces and government agencies to spy on you, to find out what you were doing, to find out what you were thinking, to find out what you were going to uh, invent, to find out and then try to take credit for your stuff while trying to destroy you. And we still here. 
That's why they scared. You threw all the worst that you had, not just here in Europe, in Asia, all around the world. So if there's anything <laughs> more special than our skin, with, with all the world is throwing at us, I'm a winner. I'm taking that. You, you still got the most powerful quote given in all the time on Wild Black. Where? Yes, sir. You said if there's, there's so much power in this skin, yeah. otherwise they wouldn't be trying so hard to kill us. That's so, right. It stayed in my mind since message. the moment that's you read yeah. yeah. That's real. I love that. I mean, that's that's mm. that can take us and our listeners back. And it still applies to that. Yeah. yeah. Still apply, and the consistency of the message is a timeless message. Yeah. It's a beautiful message. Yeah. Matter of fact, every every presentation I've ever given on Wild Black, mm-hmm. any PowerPoint or deck I've ever emailed out, your quote is on the last page. That's true. That's what's up. To this day. That's what's up. Man, enough had. respect on that. But it's the truth, <laughs> bro. Real talk. It, yeah. it really is the truth. That's empowering. All right, well, I'm going to hit you with this dope quote, and then we're going to jump into our conversation. A right delayed is a right denied. A right delayed is a right denied by Martin Luther King Jr. Brother, when you hear that, what comes to mind? The bill is still due. Mm. Coming the ready. bill is still due. You know, my my... I'm frustrated when that when I hear that, right? Because when you think about it, you look at the crime stats and the numbers they always throwing at you. And when they talk about, oh, well, you're 13% of the population, but you commit 50% of the crime. Listen, y'all been singing the same sad song for umpteen years. That's the latest. That, I mean, it hasn't been... Changed, rejuvenated, fixed, edited, and that's a propaganda, right? The reality is, at the end of the day. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Who's policed more? That's the question. The point I was and make. how are they policed? When you look for shit, you find shit where you look for the shit at. That's it. So if we want to talk about the uniform crime report from the FBI, right? White folks commit in almost every category the most crime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, well, we, we're a greater percentage of the population, so we commit less crime technically because, you know, we're a greater population. So per capita, you all commit the most crime. My man, I'm going to need you to sit the fuck down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need you to sit down. Just take your ass to a stats class or something. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? <laughs> At the end of the day, the reality is our communities have always been policed. Yeah. In in the overseer's mode. That's right. Right? And sadly... It's what they're policing and also what they choose to report. Absolutely. And how they report it. That's Not right. only what they report, yeah. but how they report it. Yeah. Right? So if you're telling me agencies manipulate numbers, yeah. that's what they do because yeah. it benefits their budget. Right? All of this shit is about profit. Mm-hmm. Right? Power and profit. That's all it's about. That's all they see us as. Yeah. They see us as... The, the goblin that they can, they can create 
to scare white people into throwing more money at them to keep them safe. And the reality is, if they police incest and embezzlement Mm. and uh, adultery and all that other stuff, which is still on the books, right? If they police all that stuff as hard as they was trying to create the image that there's so many drug dealers in every black community Mm -hmm. and so many gang members, then we would pale in comparison Mm -hmm. if they were policing those crimes. That that crime report would change so dramatically. Man, it would be off the charts. It's already that's, that's crazy. That's not a story they want to tell. No, that, that, and that's our issue, right? Yeah. We need to control the narrative, yeah. right? And and what we as parents do with all this information, right? Our frustration as black men talking to our children, yeah. right? And saying, listen, you can be anything you want to be. Let's talk about how you get there, yeah. right? But on the journey, this is what you're going to encounter, yeah. right? So... When we look at this whole narrative, we got to start talking to our kids so early about these horrors that they're going to encounter because we can't leave them out there unprepared. That's it. Right? And then when we look at everything in this country is about how we police. And I don't think people get that part. Yeah. Right? Because the fact that you got to be concerned about a vehicle stop is not about the fact that you speed. Right? It's about the reaction of the police officer when he gets to you if you've been speeding or whether he just merely believes you were speeding and you weren't. Because we got we to gotta sit back and think about the consequence of his level of, prof- of professionalism. That's right. Or his idealistic beliefs or his stereotypical beliefs about who we are, right? And when they step to our, you know, our nice car, whether they believe we deserve to be in this kind of car and the fact that we look the way we look justifies the stop and the fact that it justifies the suspicion that he has that you shouldn't be driving this. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean? How does that play out? Because the consequence of his beliefs is not, they aren't his. You suffer right. the consequences That's of right. his or her belief. Yeah. You, your family, right. your yeah. friends, your community. Absolutely. Yeah. And we still haven't moved from there. Oh, you, you, you own it. Listen, you, you, you brought up our relationship with police. You brought up how we teach and talk to our children. And I think that's a great place to dive into this core interview. You and I have had many conversations about this. I know the way you love on and lead your family starts with conversations that you have with your family in truth. Yes. I would love to open up this conversation with you talking to our listeners with the same love that you talk to your family with about how to survive those engagements. Most definitely. What are the things you tell your family? I, well, I'm going to tell you all the same thing I tell my family because y'all consider family Amen. to me. You know what I'm saying? So first, when you encounter a police officer, if you're in a vehicle and you get pulled over, right, there are a few things that you need to do immediately, right? I tell my kids they need to have a job. Everybody's got a job if you get stopped by the police. If I'm driving and we get stopped by the police, everybody has a job, okay? One person is going to be on the phone with 911. Right? One person is recording with their phone. The other person is recording as a backup. That's the first thing. I'm going to roll down the windows, all of them. I'm going to turn off the radio. I'm going to turn my vehicle off. I'm going to put my hands and turn on the interior light. Everybody put their hand. I'm going to put my hands on the steering wheel. You all put your hands on the back of the seat where they can be seen. 
and my wife, you put your hands on the dashboard. Mm-hmm. That's where we're going to start. Mm-hmm. Why, Sean? Why would we do that, man? Well, listen, that's what I would appreciate when I was working. And that was my practice when I was working. In uniform, not in uniform. I'm driving home. I drive fast. I got pulled over. That's what the officer was going to come up to my car and say, whether I was in uniform or not. Why, Sean? Well, because what I am trying to do is survive this encounter. Amen. Right? Remove the idea of a threat. Absolutely. And as militant as I can be, the reality is that you all aren't me. You aren't going to be able to control your emotions the way that I'm going to be able to control my emotions. Mm -hmm. You aren't going to be able to articulate the things that I'm going to articulate and speak the language that he speaks, he or she, Madam Officer or Mr. Officer. Mm -hmm. You're not going to be able to do and speak to them in the way that I am to let them know that, oh, this guy must be on the job or he must have been on the job, which is going to afford me a modicum, a very small modicum, in these days, a shrinking modicum post-Trump. Right. Of, you're, you're, you're a black man first. Right. And that's what they see. Exactly. Yeah. So a shrinking modicum of, because they feel entitled to their resentment of us. Right. And that doesn't factor in to regular working class black folks. It often doesn't factor in because they believe in their mind, well, I'm doing all the right things. I'm not a criminal. I go to work every day. I pay my insurance. My car's registered. All Give a damn. That that has nothing to do with what that officer believes when he walks up to your car. Mm. None of those things are things that he may or may not necessarily presume about you. And even if he did, those aren't things that might necessitate him dialing back his resentment Mm. or his anger if he or she has it. Not every officer has it, but it's prevalent enough now to say more do than don't. If we look at the events that we're seeing on the news unfold every week, it's disgusting. So until the story breaks, they've been getting away with this. Yeah. So if we've moved anywhere, we've moved to that point. Okay, well, now the story broke. We can't do nothing anymore. We got to do something. Before, they didn't give a damn. Until this conviction on George Floyd's case. Yeah. They didn't give one good goddamn about whether you caught them on camera or not. And many still don't, hmm. believe it or not. So if you do all of those things, that at least will make most officers stop and think, this person or these persons must have somebody in their family that's in law enforcement. Let me see what's up before I wild out. That's good. It's kind of you're it's like when we walk into a room, the room we never we've never been in before. People of our size, black men of our size, I don't look like a lawyer to most people. Right. I don't look like I was ever a fan or any of that to most people. So what they see is relatively big black guy walked into the room. Normally, I'm dressed like this. I'm not dressed in a suit because I don't feel a need to everywhere I go look like a quote-unquote lawyer. That's just not my flow. What I have in my mind and what the information that I possess is not dependent upon how I look. I'm always presentable, but putting somebody at ease 
when we walk into a room as part of what we do. We've become accustomed to doing it. It's not something we even overtly think about. Mm-hmm. Most rooms stage, you go in, right. that's right. Most rooms you go in, you have to make them comfortable with your presence, mm-hmm. which is a burden that I don't always want to carry. Yep. And I know you guys don't want to carry. Yep. But it's also a necessity in most instances. Mm-hmm. And that's, what, that's the same concept dealing with the police. Yep. I need to make you comfortable about my existence, which is some straight bullshit. Because the, the, the whole point of it is, in a corporate setting, I'm trying to set myself up to progress yes. and profit. Yes. And in that setting, I'm trying to set myself up to, to live. survive. That's it. Yeah. To survive. Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, as militant as I am, I want you all to survive. Yeah. I want you all to go home and be angry. Yeah. Get to go through all those emotions. Alive, right, because home, we we are allowed, we we are expected to mute our emotions in this society. Yeah. We aren't entitled to be angry yeah. at unfairness, at mistreatment, at disrespect, at at murder. We who are we? To, who are you to be angry? Yeah. We still we still there. We this ain't even nineteen fifty. Mm. We still are at that same point. We're just more comfortable. Yeah, and when you say that to them, it's Oh, well, sir, I'm not that kind of officer. I don't know that. Just like you would tell me, you're doing all the things that you're doing, being disrespectful, making me sit on the ground, so on and so forth, because you don't know me and you don't know what threat I pose to you. That's right. Right? Well, if everything's a fucking threat to you, then you probably need a different job. Right? Because, you know, we'll go back again to the reasonable officer standard. Every officer is not reasonable. I would get. I would venture to say that most officers aren't reasonable. You've been on a job for a while. You've developed a liking for the power. You're used to quote unquote command presence, which is something that you embody. It's not something you got to tell people you have. Right. You dig. Right. So when when they come on the scene and they come up to your car and they start yelling at you immediately, that's what they believe in their mind. Black people. That's how we communicate. And they think the louder they are, the more vulgar they are, the more disrespectful they are, that means they're in control. Which is the complete opposite of what it actually means. Yeah. Right? Because you've instantly created an enemy in me. Yeah. Yeah. And even our, our women, a black mother with her children is a beast of a different color. Mm. And no pun intended, mm. every black mother that I know will rip you to shreds about their kids, will lay it all on the line for their kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that daddies won't, because I think that goes without saying. For those that have their dads in their lives, you understand that your father is the protector for, for most of us. That's the case, Right. That disrespect, that whole concept of command authority is one of my problems with the institutional policing. Right. Right, because you're not, you don't have enough people teaching you how to communicate. Like, I believe that police officers, if you live in a a given area or you work and live in a given uh, police department, everything is native Every type of person, every type of culture that's native to your work environment, you should have an in-service on. 
meaning that you should have a, a mandatory class every month or every couple of months about certain cultures of people, how they communicate, what kinds of things are common among those groups of people, um, what are common uh, reactions to people, what are common nonverbal signs amongst this community that will alert you to a possible danger, right? Right, Because police work should, is, should be all about being informed, right? Right, right. Uh, and the way that you become informed is by embedding yourself in the community that you work. Yeah. Right? You out your car, you talking to people, but police don't have to do that anymore. Yeah. So that's why when, that's what I tell my kids. When we get there, if this goes sideways, if it goes, start recording anyway. Because we don't know where it's going. Right for for an officer with some sense, if they handle themselves professionally, it's going to be quick and easy. Here you go, brother. Here's my registration, so on and so forth. For me, because I'm an armed person, hey, before I move my hands from the steering wheel, officer, um, I'm armed. I want to let you know that I'm armed. And you know, usually I'll be like, okay, well, what's up? Why are you armed? I'm retired off the job. Okay, you got your creds. Yeah, in my rear pocket. Can we see him? No problem. You mind if I take my hand and go in my left-hand pocket and grab it? No, go ahead. All right. And that's how I, de- that's how I disarm an engagement with a law enforcement yeah. officer while I'm armed. But for a regular citizen, that's a petrifying, yeah, yeah. petrifying yeah. experience, right? Because it, you, it already the, you already get the— Right. You already got the bubble guts because them cherries been popped on you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Philando Castile. See, that that's yeah. it. That's the one. Everybody, first thought, Philando Castile. If I'm armed, I'm not telling nobody I'm armed. Right? And I, I respect that. If you're asked... Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. You can tell them. There's nothing in the law, at least in Georgia, that I know of that states that you have to tell them that you're armed, Right? Um, but if they ask, you do have to let them know. Okay. All right. Um, but to me, I think the bigger gamble is keeping that information to yourself. And maybe you reach for your wallet or your seatbelt and they see the gun. Because when, when I approach the vehicle, there are tactics to how you're supposed to approach a vehicle. I don't see a lot of cops using them now. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why because they really can save your life, right? The concept is to keep people having to, if they're going to move, you need to see the movement to give yourself that one or two seconds of reaction time that most people need to get up on a threat, 
Yeah. Right? So when I approached the vehicle, if I was by myself, oftentimes I would pop the passenger door on whatever I was riding in, my G-Ride, my car or my van or my uh, Jeep. I popped the door on that side because we were by ourselves a lot. When I was detailing out, I'm in the middle of nowhere. Ain't nobody coming in, and we spread thin. So I popped that door, get out on my side, walk around my vehicle, which gives me, all gives me more time tactically, right? So we've all seen the videos where, you know, a cop's approaching a car, the person turns around and starts shooting at them, yeah. right? Well, presumably to me, if you're paying attention to your car stop, which you should be, your vehicle should be positioned in a certain way, not the way that we usually see it on TV. They're usually doing it wrong to me, and at least at how I was trained. Mm-hmm. In the time that I get around my vehicle, that whole time I'm looking at your vehicle. I've got a light or my light shining in your mirror so you can't see me, yeah. right? Tactics, small things. That's, That's why when we talked about uh-huh. tactics before, there were things. I was like, she, when we talked about the Geiger thing, mm-hmm. tactically she was fucked up from the floor up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Through the whole situation. Yeah. And I told you, even her radio, where it was placed, yeah. was tactically unsound. Yeah. Didn't make, it didn't make any sense to me. And I told you I could tell you what kind of officer she was based on that alone. I remember. Right? So those little things, when I come up on a car, now I'm coming over here. Right? I'm not coming from the driver's side, even though I'm a single-man unit. Because I need you to believe that it's more than one of me. Because you need to understand psychologically that you're going to have to fight more than one person. Right. Right? Uh, okay. So you pop that door, give them that illusion. You come up on the opposite side. Yeah. They're wondering where, where And they wonder where the other guy is. Yeah. Where's the guy on my side? They yeah, think he's back the there. Right. Yeah. But now they can't look back there because my the lights, lights are in the, in the mirror. They can't see. So now I'm talking to you. And as I pass the rear of the vehicle, I'm looking in the back seat. If you don't have anybody in the back seat, or if I can't see, I'll take my flashlight and, and look from as I'm coming up, if you got dark tents. So I can see through there and try to see how many people are in the car. Right? Little things. So when you talk about, oh, I'm scared, and I was this, you didn't do anything tactically to put yourself at a tactical advantage. Mm. And now you're sitting in court talking about you was afraid. You didn't know what this person was going to do to you. Mm. You didn't follow the training. Right. Your training was either terrible or you didn't follow it. Mm. Yeah. But you put that onus on me. And that's the danger. That's what we're fighting against. All of those little things. Right? All of those little things. You did everything wrong. Now you want to come in court and cry talking about you didn't mean to do it. Mm. But you, tactically, you did everything wrong. You got used to doing it the way you wanted to do it. That lazy way. What made you feel comfortable instead of what was tactically sound and made the most sense. So if I do all of those things that I told you about just a few moments ago, interior light on, everybody's hands on the back of the seat in the rear, driver's hands on the steering wheel, passenger's hands on the front dash, right? Windows rolled down, music off, vehicle off. That takes all of those things that I just talked about tactically. Out of play. That cop doesn't have to think about any of those things. Now he can, he and she can hear. They can see. You can't they run them off. off. That's right. The car's off. That's it. They feel secure because even if you're recording, you they still see, see everybody's hand. hand. That's it. 
And ain't too many folks out there shooting with their feet. That's it. Maybe a couple. So you take all of those things off the table by just doing those few things. Damn. So to me, that's why I teach my kids and my wife because my two youngest girls are getting ready to start driving. And your wife's an attorney too, right? Yes. So, you know, the police piece is what a lot of, a lot of our folks, obviously, this the purpose of this. Right. Our folks don't understand that piece. Yeah. So tactically, I'm going to take all of those worries off of that officer's plate. Yeah. When he comes, he's going to have a small appreciation for that. Right. He yeah. or she should. Right. Right? Some yeah. people are too arrogant not to, but most of them will. Because right. they'll understand that you're trying to make them feel safe. Right. Which actually right? can go a long way into keeping it, it, it us very, safe. Yes. Yeah. That's the whole point. Right. Right? So Because when they're scared, they're skittish. Exactly. Exactly. But I tell my girls, if you... If it goes sideways, we're already recording. Mm -hmm. Don't stop recording. The police can't make you like they often do. Turn off that phone. You have a right to record the police in public in the performance of their duties. Mm. Period. They don't get to turn your phone off. That is your phone. They don't get to look in your phone. They don't get to order you to delete footage. None of those things. You want what's in my phone? Get a warrant, sir. If you don't have a warrant, the Supreme Court has already stated that it is my right as a citizen to record the police in public in the performance of their public duties. Period. Full stop. It wasn't, well, you're too close. The Supreme Court has also said 20 feet is a reasonable distance to record the police from if you're not part of the police stop. Mm. Right? You're not interfering. They like to, oh, well, you're interfering with my stop. Sir, you're in, you're in public, right? You chose the place for the stop, if we will be frank, right? And that's part of the tactics too, right? You're supposed to choose a, a good spot to make a stop, mm. right? That's beneficial for you. So at the end of the day, if that's where you chose to make the stop in front of all these people with all these cameras, mm. then it seems like you got a personal problem, mm. right? Because I, as a citizen, am not obligated to follow any of your orders Absent me having committed a crime. Mm. Mm. It's that simple. I love it. So, man, I want to dig into a, wow. a question. So, where one, that was fucking amazing. And as I listened to that, all I thought is that is going to save a life or 20. That's pray, Or bro. a thousand. Yes, sir. Like someone will hear that and they will tweet and that's the move their attitude yes. and the way that they approach a stop understanding that it is not about being the bigger man or the bigger woman. It is not about knowing the law. It is about surviving. 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 You can get you survive home. Survive there. You fight with your attorney. Left. Absolutely. Yeah. Hands down. Yeah. So speaking of that attorney, and, and, and listeners, this is probably going to be a two-part episode, so we are going to get into the rights conversation, but I want you to get all this information because it's all valuable. So speaking about an attorney, do you advise that most people walking have access to an attorney via their speed dial. They should. Have they, should they have already had that? Let me back up. Is it is it good enough to look in the phone book or the internet, pick an attorney, put in your phone, or do you reach out, have a conversation, set the stage, build rapport? Well, attorneys, most attorneys won't take that kind of time to talk to the wealth of people that are probably going to need them, right. realistically speaking. But what you should do is if you have somebody in your circle that's attenuated to an attorney, right. you should talk to them about asking that attorney for a reference, a referral, mm -hmm. right? I don't always refer people because I don't 
everybody's work I can't vouch for. Right. Right? So as an attorney, it's difficult oftentimes to say, well, hey, you should talk to this guy about that or you should talk to... Unless you all had that kind of rapport. But I, for me, Eck is my go-to person. Mm-hmm. Right? But if I don't... You and Eck. I think I told you. Right. My phone, my wife's phone, there it is. my kids. That's what's up. So if I, if I needed to send somebody somewhere... There are a few attorneys that I would send them to. Eck is one of them. She's the first one usually. Then there's a guy named Keith Adams that's phenomenal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then a guy named Gary Spencer, rather solid. Always, I've, he's he's a great lawyer as far as I've always seen. Um, but you should have somebody give you a referral. I don't, just calling an attorney out the phone book is hit or miss because mm. you got good and bad in every profession. Right, and you right. got opportunists in every profession. Right. Right. And some lawyers are crappy lawyers. Yep. And some lawyers are awesome lawyers that just haven't been discovered yet. Right. Right. They're not, they're not on a big stage. They work locally out of one courthouse or maybe two courthouses. They don't want to travel all over Atlanta and so on. Because the metro, by every every county or every city being so close, relatively, mm-hmm. you know, you can choose which courthouses you want to work out of. What, what what's the conversation someone should have if they're reaching out to an attorney, either when they are already in need mm-hmm. or when they are preparing for that moment to potentially come? The first thing you need to ask is, what is their practice area? We're we're a long way removed from general practitioners. Right. Right? Meaning people that yeah. just take any kind of case and they just do the work. Most lawyers don't have that skill set mm-hmm. anymore. They are usually geared toward a particular thing or a particular entity of some sort, meaning there are some lawyers that only do postal work, U.S. postal workers' comp cases, right? There are some lawyers that do um, criminal law exclusively, and they only do certain kinds of cases. Mm-hmm. Let's say RICO, right? That's, I'm just, that's, that's where they're known to uh, work, and they're mm-hmm. very good in that area. And that's what they do. There are very few general practitioners. So you need to know what their specialty is, right? What do you focus on in your daily? That's the first question you want to know. Secondly, you want to know what their retainer rate is, right? Because you got to realistically, you you should have a fund. Everybody should have a small legal fund uh, as a savings. Mm. You know what I mean? With, you know, anywhere from, you know, fifteen hundred to five grand sitting in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. If and that's a that's a that's big a reach. Right yeah. That's a big reach for a lot of folks, everyday working folks. But corporate folks and folks, you should at least have a little stash in case you need an attorney. Because most every attorney is going to require um for a case that's not a accident car accident or something of that nature, catastrophic injury, med mile, PI work, personal yeah. injury work they're going to require a retainer up front because that means that they got to stop, research your case. I just replenish mine with my turn. Absolutely. For my my entertainment stuff. Yeah. And and it's it's invaluable. It's an invaluable investment. I'm an attorney and we have attorneys. You know what I'm saying? That we have on retainer because for the business stuff, because that's what they do. I don't have time realistically to learn every area of the law. It's, It's patently unreasonable. And it's crazy to think that you can. Yeah. So for us, even, we have, hey, this is our fund for 
No, get us boy another retainer so we can go holler at him about X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My, between my wife and I. Um, so that's the that's the the best tip I can give on that. Uh-huh. Have a little stash. Yeah, Even if you gotta start with a couple hundred dollars, just let it grow. Just put something just up. put it aside. You know, because when you need an attorney, you need them right now. Right. You don't need them in and a couple and months and when I can scrounge up this now. money. And if they've been working any time as an attorney, they're not taking retain no no payment arrangements anymore. Yeah. Because yeah. people stop paying when you when the case is over and you've gotten them the good result. Yeah. Or or you've gotten them off completely, they stop wanting to pay you. Now you need to turn in right. your money. Right. Cool. Right. All right, let's jump in. Let's jump in. Let's jump in. Situation one. What's up, everybody? That's the end of episode one with Mac. I know he laced you with some invaluable information. Take it, hold it, commit it to memory. Tell your family, your friends, your loved ones. Make sure that the people you know, love, and need are safe as they interact with the police. Next week, we'll be bringing you part two, picking up right here. Get ready for it. Tell people, this is life-saving information, and I'm glad to be a part of bringing it to you. Peace. Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.